What up, survivors? Welcome to D180, the horror movie podcast, taking you on a ride. Thanks for riding with us. I'm AJ. And I'm Janae. And today we are moving right along with our theme for February, Return of the Sex. Every movie this month will involve someone that's, you know, coming back from the dead. And like I said, results may vary. Last week, we talked about everybody's favorite, or I mean, at least our favorite, Tamara. And this week, oh, I, okay. <laughs> if you were here last week, what would you laughing for? <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> If y'all was here with us last week, then you'll already know that uh, this was a first watch for me. I have never seen the movie we're talking about today, and that's Death Becomes Her. It came out the year I was born, so I mean, I just feel like anything in the year 92, I need to know about it. But I was, I was, mm, I guess I'll wait to say how I feel, but whatever. (laughs) (laughs) So today we're taking a ride on 1992's Death Becomes Her. And this one, I'm sorry, y'all. This one is not streaming anywhere. So if you don't have it on DVD, if you don't, I don't know. If you ain't got it by now, you just ain't getting it at the moment. I mean, now watch. I'm sure that probably like, give it like maybe two months. This movie's going to be like everywhere. Possibly. After the fact. (laughs) Before we move on to park recommendations, let's let's chit chat a little bit. I want to see a remake of this movie, but I want to see it with an all black cast because think about this. You know how they always talk about black women don't age, right? Mm-hmm. And what if it's because like, you know, for years and years and years, generations and generations, we've been taking this potion this elixir and then check this out because if you think about the cast then so many people can play so many of these different parts like I would love Mm -hmm. to see Angela Bassett as Lisa because she really don't age she don't who else would you put in this movie let's think of some people because an all-black cast for this I don't know who I would cast as Ernest that's I feel like that's like Mm, I had to think about that for a second. As far as Madeline Ashton, which is a beautiful character name, by the way, like I've been saying that all week, <laughs> Madeline Ashton is that is so cute. <laughs> that is cute. You know how like white people get shit embroidered with the um, names yeah. and all of that. Mm-hmm. I can see Madeline Ashton. I could. That's <laughs> cute. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> for Madeline Ashton. It's a few people you could put in that role. You could put Gabrielle Union in that role. And see, here's the thing. You I wouldn't want to put, put I wouldn't want to put Gabby. Not Gabby. Mm-mm. Well, keep this in mind. You will want to put people that are because Marilyn Goldie Hawn were they were both early 40s when they did this movie. Goldie was 46. Mm. I know that. Well, um, they were in their 40s. Yeah. But this is what I'm saying. You wanna. Whoever you're casting, they need to be in that age range as well. But we have so many of those people. We got both Regina Hall, Regina King. We got Viola mm-hmm. Davis. We got Angela Bassett, like I said. Um, we have... Taraji. Taraji could do... Oh, Taraji could do it. Uh, we have so many people you can choose. Sanaya Lathan could do it. 
Um, Maya's in her 40s. Oh, Maya looks great. Chili Maya looks great could be too. Lisa. Chili could be Lisa. Like, <laughs> shoot, what's the com? Um, who? Lord, she looked like Britney. What's the girl name? Oh, Bianca Lawson. I yes. was thinking her too. No, Bianca Lawson would be perfect, and she would need to be one of the main characters because this little heifer hoe is still playing teenagers, and I mean that lovingly, but. <laughs> But just imagine where we can go with this movie mm-hmm. with an all black cast in that narrative. Like, I don't, they would have to tweak it a little more, but you could still keep the whole friend of me friend line. Cause I mean, women do that. And even then, if you want to take it that way, you can change the characters as well. And you can have way more cameos of the rich and famous mm-hmm. and the party just, scene that I was about to say, like, who do you think would be at that party scene? I'll be like, Michael. I knew Tupac. <laughs> I knew it. But see, now my thing about, th- but see, James Dean was at the party, and James Dean was twenty. I don't know how old he was. He was twenty something. Twenty something. Yeah. But I was thinking, like, the joke was supposed to be these are like older people that just you know, but I guess not. But yeah, because so I, I remember you had to disappear from public. Right. Yeah, but if I'm saying, like, if you take the potion in your 20s, then I'm not about to disappear in my 20s. Well, this is You know true. what I'm saying? Yeah, so but, that's why I was, like, a little confused. I wasn't lost on the entire but, thing. I mean, but here's the thing, though. He takes the potion in his 20s because he don't want to get older, and he dies. You get into mm-hmm. an accident, you're pronounced dead. You can't just pop back up and be like, hey, I'm here. Oh, they did in the movie. Yes. <laughs> But to repair. But here's the thing: nobody knew that they died for real. James Dean dying—that was public news. This is true. Same with Marilyn and Elvis. This is true. Public news. Okay, you can say that. Well, I know we didn't (laughs) press the spoiler button, but I mean, everything was pretty much out of context. So I think you're good at this point. So, with that being said, let's go right ahead and get into Park Recommendations. So, for this ride, I had to dig. And I don't mean it was hard, but I was thinking what movies would really align with this ride? What would give me the flavor? What would give me the thrill, the edge of this ride that we're going on today? I think you might have seen these movies, but Survivors, your park recommendations are 1994's Serial Mom by John Waters. Have you seen that movie? It sounds Kathleen Turner. I feel I feel like this is a movie your mom has seen. I know your mom has seen this movie. (laughs) First of all, Kathleen Turner is great in this movie and it's by John Waters so like if you're familiar with John Waters movies he was in Excision he's in Cedar Chucky too that little yeah that so yeah (laughs) the the second one is The Witches of Eastwick you know I haven't seen that one I haven't either, but I knew they had, I feel, I feel strong in my bones that these two movies have the same vibe. They have to. 
and it's been in my list to watch I just haven't yeah sat down to watch it I can't see my problem is I can't multitask with watching movies I can multitask with tv shows and Uh YouTube videos or whatever but if it's a movie I'm sitting here doing something look up yeah I feel like I missed too much I'm like oh damn but see what like you said everything else I'm cool with it I'm just like oh okay context clues got it right survivors if you have any park recommendations that fit today's ride let us know on our twitter i've already spilled the beans about how i found this ride like i said earlier first watch but just based off the description i knew it would fit in this theme john a is the one that presented this movie and i was like okay checks out and when i watched it 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 checked out for sure <laughs> So I don't really remember the first time that I've seen this movie. And when I watched it, the I was only three parts that really stuck out to me that I remember vividly in my head. The end of the movie. And both scenes where people die. <laughs> Those were the three that I remember the most. I can see why. <laughs> I can see why. But it was refreshing watching this as an adult because I'm pretty sure I watched that when I was a kid. I feel like this is one of those movies that like if you've seen it young, you see it one way. But then when you actually get a little bit older and you watch it, you're just like, oh, now, wait a minute. Hold right. <laughs> now, <laughs> this is why I said this is this would literally be a perfect movie to bring back. I'm surprised they haven't already, but. I think they wanted to at one point, but it didn't it's a, out. That was a rumor. Oh. Yeah. They had like a cast and everything. Yeah. The things people want to do. For <sighs> the views. Mm-hmm. This movie is directed by Robert Zem- Zemeckis. Who? Zemeckis. Girl, what? You don't know who Robert Zemeckis is? I am not... Sis, back I do to know the future movie. Yes, but I didn't know his Forrest name. Gump. I don't know his name. No, that's disrespectful. <laughs> I won't take this. I will not take this. Put some respect on Zemeckis' name. What lies beneath with Michelle Pfeiffer? I watched that with my mama. And Harrison? Like, I expected you. And it is because your mama, I expected you to know this name. Just like Zeke. No. Well. <laughs> Well, sorry, sir. Tales from the Crypt. I've never seen that. We just did Demon Knight. Yeah, but I never. He's seen a producer. It. I know, but I've never seen the original. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> this movie was written by Martin Donovan and David Cope. Cope, is it Cope? Oh, some people pronounce it Kep. But yep. who know? I don't know. I'm, we're so sorry. We don't know. We're trying. We're really trying. Promise. <laughs> I I really need people to put like phon- phonetic pronunciations next to some. Yes, it will make uh, my yes. life so much easier. Because I swear to you, we try our hardest to pronounce names right. Because we hate it when people pronounce John Day's name wrong, and we correct them every time, or at least I do. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Literally, y'all. I have been working on my job for like two months now, and. This lady be like, Janae, I'm sorry, Janae. Five minutes later, Janae, I'm sorry, Janae. Ten minutes later, Janae, I'm sorry, Janae. And I'm just like, 
okay. Um, then there's another guy. My name is spelled out right in my email signature with my accent over my E. Even like on everything, it's spelt the way it's spelt, right? He spells it right, but he puts an accent over the O. Jonay. Jonay. <laughs> Jonay. I mean, whatever helps. <laughs> but it's just so weird to look at. <laughs> Jonay. Jonay. I'm about to start calling. Yo, my boyfriend for the longest time. He's, my boyfriend doesn't call me Jonay. He calls me Jonay. He literally says Jonay. Jonay. He'd be like, Jonay. And I'd be looking at him like, Jonay. I'd be like, no, hold it. Are you so okay like with me right now? He, he really calls me Jonay. So it's so funny because he does he doesn't talk, say my name. He says babe. But when he's introducing me to other people or telling people my name, he'd be like Jonay. But then he was like, I'm probably saying it wrong. <laughs> and I'm like, you are saying it wrong. Oh, hell no. Okay. Get back to the no. Mm-mm. Right. Enough. Enough. Like how hard back is to it? the writers and produce and whoever we was talking about. Kept. <sighs> All right, so this movie is produced by Robert Zemeckis and Steve Starkey. It stars Meryl Streep as Madeline Ashton, Bruce Willis Jesus. as Dr. Ernest Menville, Goldie Hawn as El- Goldie Hawn as Helen Sharp, Isabella Hi. Rossellini as Liesel von Ruman, Elena Reed Hall as a psychologist. Deborah Jo Rupp as a patient, which was wild. Fabio as Liesel's bodyguard. And Sydney Poliak as the ER doctor. Meryl Streep is in a horror movie. And I guess, okay, so this came out in 92. And I know now we're in an era where a lot of psychological horror is accepted. I feel like at the time, a lot of people were calling this like a Black comedy, which, I mean, yeah, it's a horror comedy. It is. But I feel like um, because of the cast, it doesn't take away from the horror part of it. But people, I feel like that's what did this movie well, was the cast. Mm -hmm. As far as it being a horror movie. Because this movie won an Oscar. Yep. But it won an Oscar for the visual effects, though. Yeah, but I mean, we don't win shit. Horror movies don't get shit, but Razzie's... And all the awards that we create for ourselves, like Fangoria, the Chainsaw Awards and all that stuff, like Get Out got an award, but (laughs) Carrie got an award, but come on, they do us so dirty. I'm just like, damn, like Hereditary should have gotten an award. I can name some other movies that probably should have got something, even for special effects. We've seen some of these movies and how they was coming. They ain't get shit. But, I mean, that's cool. That's cool. I'll accept this. This is fine. They beat out. Who they beat out? Batman Returns and Alien 3. Yeah. I that's mean, crazy. Batman Returns, though. Are you not surprised? This is what I'm talking about. This is what horror gets no but i'm saying like yes under i can see that beating out batman returns yeah that's not this victory oh okay i thought you were saying why is it there in the first place i was like yeah i'm with you no i'm saying like (laughs) as far as the visual effects yeah it definitely beat out batman returns i don't know about alien 3 i ain't watched the alien movies but also if we didn't have this movie 
You also wouldn't have Jurassic Park. Exactly. This was the first film where like this computer generated skin texturization was used. Meryl hated this shit. She did. That poor girl. I have some uh, behind the scene clips. Of course, you guys know everything is down in the show notes. Just scroll down there. You'll see the links. I'll try my best to label them so you know what's what. But anyway, I have seen some where it's her in the chair and she has like the blue shirt on because, you know, then they didn't have green screen, Mm -hmm. I guess. So it was like the blue screen. She has a blue shirt on and she's just doing like the face gestures. And then it's the other half where she's doing the bottom of it. But they also had like an animatronic too. Which like they, they only built used a whole once. Yeah, like they built a whole head yeah. just for that whole scene where, you know, well, I guess, damn, I guess we should press the spoiler alert button right now. So it's the part where she falls down the stairs and, you know, she reanimates and she starts talking to Ernest. But I have a few clips where they're like working with the machine, trying to make sure like it's moving the way that she would move. Mm-hmm. But it's crazy because when you watch that scene, okay, so, now. Okay, so for that scene, they didn't use the animatronics for that. They used it for when Goldie knocked her head off and her head was hanging backwards. Mm-hmm. That's when they used it. They hung it on her back and used it then but for that walking backwards scene they didn't use the animatronics for that they just did cgi mm-hmm. well you got to see the behind the scene because they showed the they showed them switching her out with the animatronic but yeah what i was saying was you gotta see the way they blended i think is really good but now it's like what oh wow this is 30 years later oh wow but anyway Looking at it from where we can go now, I feel like I feel like this still looks pretty good. It's not super distracting. It wasn't distracting. It looked better than looking at Billy. I I wanted to go there, but I wasn't gonna do that because it's like it's not the same effect. I was like, I'm not gonna do that. Because <sighs> they did a lot of the aging. But I mean, even some of the uh when it came to reversing or de-aging the women in this movie or I don't even you guys can go check the links because I'm mixing my stories right now but one funny thing that I love was that they created a bra for Meryl Streep to wear right Mm -hmm. and it was supposed to be the part that like her boobs are like pushing up everything's becoming like you know round and tight whatever the bra stopped working so they had somebody like put their hands behind her Mm -hmm. and like push the boobs up but here is my thing I'm like I'm mad they pushed them together because it made them look like rectangular versus like pushing them like up but that's just me they did what they could and it's all right they did they really did so with that being said are you ready to head to the queue line yeah, we can go, but hold on. Step in line. Your number is near. Follow the signs. Your time is here. This week, we have the iconic Meryl Streep. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I want to be Miranda Priestly. But we can't all be Miranda Priestly. So, we're going to find out 
which Meryl Streep character we're most likely like. First question. What's your biggest pet peeve? Aging, irresponsible people, being underestimated, arrogance, people who are better than I am, incompetence, reality, shyness, or surprises? Um, well, I mean, I feel like I'm showing my hand here. I feel like out of all of these, the one that would probably get on my nerves the most. Ooh. Maybe it is arrogance. Yeah, I think it's arrogance. Cause second would be aging. Cause aging was almost first. But it's arrogance. Mine is incompetence. Yeah. This what? one ain't got common sense. Nope. It doesn't at all. <laughs> What's your biggest strength? Your talent, your passion, I take no shit. My looks, my determination, creativity, empathy. I go with the flow or I get shit done. Ooh. It's probably, it's probably my creativity. Yeah. Yeah. Cause shit, I be putting it together, okay? I think, yeah, I think that's what it is. I went with my creativity as well. Now, choose a non-Meryl Streep movie to watch. The Blind Side, Super Bad, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Hidden Figures, La La Land, The Queen, The Nightmare Before Christmas, Pitch Perfect, or Boyhood. like I've only seen two of these movies. Three of these movies. And damn, I love Superbad, but I want to pick The Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, I'm going to pick it. I'm going to go with Bone Daddy. I pick Pitch Perfect. What's a typical Sunday night for you? Baking treats, enjoying life, dreading the arrival of Monday, getting boned as little as possible, lamenting the passage of time, meal planning, working, I'm always working, or generally being a badass. <laughs> it's like one of my low-key want to say this because, I mean, it's true, though. <laughs> but, I mean, a few of these, a few of these, like, is a typical, like all of this, well, no, not all of this, but majority of this is a typical Sunday for me. This is hard. Um, Sunday night. Um, I mean, I'm generally being a badass, but I could be getting bummed. I could be fucking working. I can be editing the podcast, get it off of the patrons, like... You know what? I feel like that all falls under the generally being a badass category. <laughs> so there we go. So for me on Sunday nights, my ass is either doing as little as possible or meal planning. There is no in between. Um, <laughs> so I'm probably going to go with meal planning. Which word would your friends use to describe you? Petty, kind, impulsive, loyal, misunderstood, 
sweet, cool fighter friends? Um, I don't know. It'll probably be between sweet and cool. If they would have had chill on here, that would have been the one. Um, I'm gonna go for sweet. I low-key wanted to call myself petty, but I think that's just me. <laughs> Only real people know that. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go with sweet. I'm gonna go with impulsive. <laughs> I could, yeah. I would say that. <laughs> All right, choose an Oscar. And there are nine Oscars here, and none of them are different from each other. So you just have to randomly pick one. Only one of them has like a credit in it that says via AMPAS. But other than that, it's just nine pictures of Oscars. So you just got to pick one. Now, choose a co-star. Stanley Tucci, Viola Davis, Emily Blunt, Denzel Washington, George Clooney, Bruce Willis, Amanda Seyfried, John Krasinski. Lord, John Krasinski. John Krasinski. I can say that. Thank I'm you. the one with the speech impediment here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where that S was going. And then Hugh Grant. Um. Okay, who's gonna bring in the dollars? Who's gonna bring in the box office? Okay. Because Denzel, I ain't seen a bad Denzel movie. Viola, if she start crying and that smile start rolling, I might break character. I'm a gay. Um, <laughs> Amanda Seyfried, you know, we're going to be seeing you later, girl. So, you know. Bruce, Bruce Willis, I don't know. Hugh Grant. This is like, this is a lot. George Clooney. For some reason, when I hear George Clooney, I think of uh, Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. Because the mom really liked George Clooney. <laughs> she did. <laughs> um, damn, this is her. Okay. Who gonna bring that box office revenue? I'm going like with Denzel. Denzel. Yeah, I'm like, I feel like it's Denzel. It's Black History Month. We picking Black people. Go. Oh. <laughs> Who going first? Me? <laughs> okay, fine. Yes, I am Miranda since you must So am know. I. <laughs> so am I. That's why I was making that face. <laughs> I definitely didn't know what they were going to give me. <laughs> it says, okay, fine. Yes, you're Miranda Priestley from the Devil Wears Prada. You work hard, you know what you're doing, and you don't have the patience nor the time to suffer the nonsense of fools. You're totally awesome, and everyone wishes they had your driving brilliance. Happy now? Survivors, remember, you can always play along with us or play later. The link is at the bottom. And with that being said, uh, it's our time, so you better buckle up, Buttercup, because when we get back, we are getting into 1992's Death Becomes Her. Every treasure on earth to be young at heart. Some people will go to any length to stay young forever. Is that someone? It's Madeline Ashton. Oh, she was a big star in the 60s. I thought she was dead. Oh, Madam. 
You look younger every day. Thank you, Rose. But Madeline Ashton and her old friend, Helen Sharp. I've lost men to her before. Mad Hill. Are about to go <laughs> too far. A touch of magic. Drink that potion and you'll never grow even one day older. Bottoms up. No warning. Now a warning? Siempre viva! Live forever! Ernest, I'm in the morgue. They think I'm dead. You are, but you're not. Are you telling me it doesn't hurt when I do <laughs> this? It doesn't hurt. She's dead! She's dead, Ernest. Now he's dead. He's dead? <laughs> Ernest is dead? Everybody's dead! <laughs> Pushed me down the stairs. I'm so sweaty. I don't think it's sweat, honey. I think you're defrosting. It's a lie. Universal Pictures presents Meryl Streep, Bruce Willis. It's a miracle. And Goldie Hawn. Look at me. I'm soaking wet. Death becomes her. I just have to make a telephone call. So my only issue with this trailer is that there are missing scenes that I would have liked to see. Yeah, I'm just like, okay. The freezer, when she's in the, close the door right like and then bruce putting her out the freezer and dragging her up the steps i would like to see that i would have liked to see who else died i would have liked to see the nurse thinking that she was dead ernest died ernest is dead <laughs> like did you did you know that they had like another ending for this movie too yes can we talk about those before we get there <laughs> okay I think it was two endings. And one of them was Ernest faked his death with his wife. And I don't know why the, is it, Rob, first of all, bitch, <laughs> Robin Tunney is home girl from the craft. That's Wait. not, I feel like I just put those two characters. <laughs> girl, what, what is happening right now? What is happening? <laughs> yeah, Robin Tunney is the girl from the craft. That is not who I'm trying to talk. I cannot remember who the person's name is right now. And I've been saying this person's name for like the past three days. But they had her cast as Ernest's new wife after he faked his death and all that shit. So, so Madeline Ashton and Helen, they like go off to Switzerland or some shit. And they're like, you know parlaying whatever and they see an older couple like they're so in love and all that shit and they're like oh like that's so cute blah 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 and then on further inspection they see that it's Ernest. whole time they thought Ernest was dead it's Ernest and the new chick and they go up on there they trying to like yeah it was that whole thing but they end up like falling off of like a cliff and the car explodes but they're charred like skeletons like get out and like start talking Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh 
my goodness. And then there's like another one. I can't recall it right now, but there's another ending that they had too that they replaced. I think it was um they were gonna be in a bar or something like that. I can't remember it right now. It's down at the bottom in the show notes. You guys can watch all this stuff besides hearing me butcher it. But <laughs> I am happy they redid the ending because I don't yeah. know if I could have took the talking skeletons. No. That, I would have been like, been too much. yeah, like this movie is already silly and not in a bad way. Like it's really funny in a good way. But that would have sent me over. Yeah, I wouldn't have liked that at all. So let's rewind and take a ride back in time. It's 1978 on Broadway, and Madeline Ashton is starring in Songbird. It's a musical version of Sweet Bird of Youth, and the patrons were not feeling the show. These people were walking out of the theater talking shit before we even get inside of the theater. Once in- is rude as hell. Rude. Once we get inside, we get a cute musical number where the audience members are literally, literally getting up and leaving in the middle if they're not already sleep and snoring. But Bruce Willis's character, Ernest, is the only one who loves it. She's sensational. I would be so discouraged. No, 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 no. Because here's the thing. Okay, we're not in this world, so we haven't seen the shit that she's been putting out. Like, they've been some real stinkers. We just known her for a few seconds. But what I saw wasn't bad. That's what I'm saying. And I would be so discouraged if people were getting up and leaving in the middle of my performance. (laughs) I would, I would be, be like, you rude, bald-head, chitterling-eating bitches. Sit your ass down. First of all, that's fine, because I got y'all money anyway. So, and what? Like, that was just so rude. Because I was like, it wasn't even bad. Now, like I said, we are not inside the world for too long, but it seems like Madeline Ashton been putting out some bullshit and just like, you know, you know how Hollywood is. When women get to a certain age, it's just like, all right, you're done. Wrap it up. Bring in the new, right. So, okay. Tits dry. Go. <laughs> <laughs> but now it's not like that as much anymore now because like we were talking about earlier, you see the girls are doing it. Like the girls are pushing 50 and they look like they're in their late 20s, 30s. Like, mm. But y'all not about to be walking out of my performance. But also... Ernest, baby, put your eyeballs back in your head. You was Googling and eyeballing and I don't like it. Okay, because at the end of the performance, he was the only one who enjoyed it. Like, he is giving a standing ovation while Helen is just sitting there looking at him like he crazy. The way Goldie Hawn does this character is so interesting because throughout she has this piercing stare and you know like they play with her eyes throughout like it changes Mm -hmm. but um just the whole time you can just see the whole time they're sitting there she's just like this big head just I just fucking knew so she has this thing called the Madeline Ashton test basically that's what she got going on right now like why would you even do that? If you know damn well these niggas be folding when you bring them around Madeline Ashton, I would never bring them around her. Yeah. Not only that, you wouldn't even be my friend. So they have a toxic relationship. I feel like, okay, and we could have talked about this earlier. I feel like 
at least once everybody has gone through a friendship like this. You know what? I don't know why I bring this stuff up to John Because anytime I do, she'd be like, no, actually, I, I was not. sitting here thinking like, well, like <laughs> never mind. <laughs> <clears throat> I don't I don't this is not ringing bells now well, I've I had a friendship like... where it had nothing to do with the nigga though I was trying to stay out of fight so there were some things I don't that think I it has to be necessarily over a man I just mean when you look at Helen and Madeline's relationship they're basically frenemies they're basically thriving off of one upping the other that's the type of friendship I'm talking about oh yeah no nah, I'm like, gonna know like a lot of times people do encounter those relationships where it's that person like, and we're going to get into another frenemy relationship later on in a month where they're kind of codependent off each other. I need you to solidify my status just so I know that I'm like that bitch. And then the other person might feel a different way, but they still just have like a connection with each other and they know damn well you know damn well this ain't it but i mean this is what happens i'm just saying <laughs> it's after the show we're in the dressing room and malin is stressing out how that and malin is stressing out over how old she looks when ernest and helen come to see her so like we said you know they're old friends or whatever and ernest is still swooning acting like a thirsty ass nigga and you can tell that malin is seeing dollar signs as soon as he's introduced as a plastic surgeon and of course, Helen is uncomfortable and Malin is shady as shit, proceeding to ask, you know, questions. How's your little writing thing? Have y'all set a date to be married? My thing is, you got to rewind. This bitch, Madeline, was practicing. <gasps> <laughs> and then when the door opens, because you got to like listen, like when the door opens, you just hear her go. <gasps> Well, the camera cuts to her, but I'm like, this bitch really rehearsed. Yes, Being she did. Shot. <laughs> Mad. Hell. It was like, you can just hear how phony the two are yeah. towards each other. It's just like, why are you two friends? Like, this ain't going to work. Whole time, Helen is just seething at this yes. conversation. I'm just like, ooh next thing you know madeline's showing up to the hospital with bubbly and flowers while ernest is performing a surgery and now helen is upset because she's like i knew this shit would happen like we mentioned Told you. she got a whole test that she tried to put him through before they get married and he's trying to reassure her like you know hey i don't like her i'm only got eyes for you next thing you know they get married this is my thing girl not to <laughs> sit in there she has this little handkerchief situation, just like yep. Mr. Natoli. And she's twisting the shit. This is like what she does. Like, you know how some people like grab their ear, twiddle, the, you know, you know, little comfort stuff. Girl, explaining to this man how she just cannot stand if he decides he's into Madeline Ashton. I'm like, girl, y'all hoes be weak in the knees. Mm-hmm. Stand up. Like, girl, a nigga. They ain't gonna go to the wedding. Yep. Hide in the balcony and then come down the steps and twist the handkerchief so damn hard that she bleeding. But yo, did you peep that his mama was crying? Yeah. 
I seen, I'm like, just what? Like, his mama was not happy that he married that woman. Mm -mm. Seven years later, and Helen is substantially bigger, living in a dirty ass apartment with hella cats and eating frosting out of a can with her fingers. She's sitting on. (laughs) I'm just gonna say, don't, don't knock. I don't do this no more because I don't live that life no more. But don't knock the cake. Sometimes you just need a little dollop of sweet, okay? But that's nasty. Whatever. Some a, a lot of us like. It. Yeah. What else am I gonna use? My fingers. That's what Helen was doing. Well, she obviously she living by herself. <laughs> Ain't nobody about to. All and me and all them cans of cake icing she got. You got options. You ain't got to go after that one. If you go after the one she just went through, you nasty. That's a you thing because she got cake icing by the pound. Well, she's sitting on a recliner watching a scene in the movie where Madeline is being strangled to death. Meanwhile, her landlord and the police are banging on the door because she's about to get evicted. She's past due on that rent. But she's too busy watching Madeline die over and over and over again. Even as the police break down the door and haul her ass out there, out the apartment. They haul her down to a psychiatric hospital during group therapy. She's back to twisting that damn handkerchief. The psychologist asks if she'd like to share since they haven't heard from her in a while. And as soon as she says Madeline out her mouth, all the other patients start screaming and going crazy. Now, you know, you annoying as hell when all the patients are fed up with hearing your shit. And she's just completely gone. I mean, even when they pull her aside in the room, the doctor's just like, girl, like you have to get past this. But then what ends up happening is the doctor kind of, you know on accident says you need to eliminate Madeline Ashton from your mind but Helen's ass just takes it as like oh no I just need to eliminate her and get rid of the situation yeah because she stopped at eliminate she didn't even let her finish her yeah. at all so now it's another seven years later in Beverly Hills and we're seeing what Madeline and Ernest have to Madeline has to do entirely too much to stay youthful while she sleeps and requires daily affirmations from the maid when she wakes up um I need parts not the daily affirmations because first of all, she was like, I thought you just wanted me to say that on Thursday. She's like, no, I think I need you to say it every day. <laughs> no, I don't. No, 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 no. I'm good. But I did kind of like that little contraption she had going on. Like she got, you know what? She just wanted a snatched jawline. And I can appreciate that. Like it's. The maid has also brought her breakfast in bed, along with an invitation and seating assignments for Helen's book party for her new novel, Forever Young. Unfortunately, Ernest and Madeline aren't sleeping in the same bed, let alone the same room. This man being his man cave, drinking himself to sleep and passing out on the floor. And you know they aren't a happy couple anymore because he asked the maid, is it up yet? If you're calling me a it, we have long gone past the point of no return. Okay. Mm-mm. First of all, my man is drinking Bloody Marys in the morning. I had a Bloody Mary one time. It's not for me. Because you have to be hungover to actually enjoy a Bloody Mary. You have to cut cut the alcohol with the alcohol, as they say. Hair up the dog. I am good. But my man Ernest is down bad. My man went from a plastic surgeon to working in the mortuary, cleaning yep. up the bodies getting them caskets sharp like mm-hmm. this nigga like 
So they, I like the way that they tell you all of this has like gone to shit. Cause even with his dartboard, you see all of the holes, like, oh, none of them are on the board. (laughs) All of them are just around it. Like his hand game. Have you ever seen that TikTok trend where it's like, let me see your hand and then tell me what you do. What it is, is like a thing going across the hand that's supposed to like see how steady your hand is. And people are like, I'm a tattoo artist. I'm a brain surgeon. I'm a da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. But I'm like, damn, you ain't touching shit. I wouldn't even want you to touch my dead body with hands like that. Like, damn. But apparently he good at his job, so. Hmm. Right. After receiving the news of this party, Madeline rushes to the spa where it looks as if they do vampire facials and other extreme beauty This treatments. spa? This spa, I was like, where do y'all go? This is like some exclusive shit because I ain't never seen a spa that looked like this. Like the first of all, that receptionist, cute as hell. I love it. When they were walking down the hall and that door opened and you see the guy like in that round thing. Mm-hmm. When I first watched it, I was like, what the fuck type of TikTok transition is this? I didn't realize that that was a mirror on the door. <laughs> Like, I thought it was like a portal or some shit. I was confused. But um, I said that to say, I love the way Robert Zemeckis uses mirrors in this movie. A lot of the times, like, you get a bunch of different shots of the characters talking to each other, but you see them reflected through the mirror. Like, when Helen was talking to Ernest about the test, you see Helen, but then you see Ernest in the mirror. Madeline's whole entire headboard is a mirror. And just throughout the movie, you get other scenes just like it. But I guess it goes in line with the theme of the movie, which is like, you know, vanity and stuff like that. This spa has a very strict rule where whatever the hell type treatment Madeline wants can only be given once every six months. And she just had it three weeks ago. And now she's freaking out because she's obsessed with looking young and is willing to pay anything at this point to get what she wants. As soon as the words money is no object comes out her mouth, the owner pops out of thin air to save the day like a true capitalist. He gives Madeline. Why did he have that? Why did he have that poor receptionist shook? First of all, it was the fake French accent for me. She really sounded like she was trying to impersonate Kira from the Rugrats. That's what it was giving. Soon as he popped up, dropped it. I was like, sis, at least keep it up. Like, we have some decorum around here like do do you see where you work (laughs) his eye twitch also bothered me his the way this man plays this character i'm pretty sure all of this was a choice (laughs) probably so he made choices (laughs) and one of the choices that he made was giving madeline a business card for liesel Von Ruman, a mysterious woman who specializes in rejuvenation, but only for a select group of people. But because he was so creepy about it, Malin ripped up that card and called him a weirdo. I don't think it was that he was, I was wondering, was it because of the doctor or just because the card was just so, you know. I think it was it literally him, just had an address act- on. Because I just acting, feel like. He was like weirdo. <laughs> Because my thing is, he's sitting there telling her, like, this is for an exclusive group of people. Like, you say your money, not an issue. Take this card. But only cream of the crop is getting in this bitch. So, girl, I'm trying to tell you, like, this some premium shit. But, you know, I can see it both ways. 
later that evening, or I don't even know if the same day or not, but Madeline and Ernest attend the book party. And you can tell that they hate each other. She asked this man not yeah, to I wrote that too. I wrote that. I was like, you can just, like, you know, usually when we get couples in a limo scene, they're usually like all over each other before they get out the car, unless they just get into an argument or something. But these mofos, he was kind of like breathing OC though. <laughs> now I'm going to tell y'all this. We can hop right back into it. But if my honey chews a little too loud, I'm going to let him know because I can't take it. And I get back at him by popping my gum fiercely. I go ham with it. I should do it on the mic one time just so y'all can hear it. And put it on a loop and put it on Patreon. I'm kidding. That's very strange. But <laughs> I don't. I don't know. The only thing that bothers me is snoring. But then I record my when my boyfriend snores. I record him and play it back for him. Because they need to know. He because he think I'd be lying when I say they need snores. to know how disrespectfully loud they are. And he don't even be loud though. But it's just the fact that he'd be like, I don't snore. Yes, you do. And I'm going to record you every single time so that you can know that you snore. Inside the party at a bar, a woman thanked Ernest for the beautiful work he did on her aunt's body. So beautiful. She wanted to know his secret. And what did he do? He told her. (laughs) And horrified, she runs away. Whole time, I wouldn't have walked away because that was a very interesting conversation. Like, how did you figure out that mannequin paint? works better than makeup on a dead body i mean he was about to tell her but she walked away rule number one don't be asking people shit if you don't want another answer exactly and number two i'm just like well i mean she is dead right so i mean if the face is beat then i'm telling you like give me that like i plan on being cremated because y'all not putting me in the ground fuck that um yeah but if my face can be beat for like a couple hours before I go into the burner, please. Thank you. I want to be a tree or turn into a diamond. You want to be one of those pots? Yeah. Or turn into a diamond. I just don't. I just told my family, they all know that I'm afraid of the dark. So the worst thing I feel like y'all could do is have me in a casket six feet in the ground. No, please don't. Don't do that. Just burn me. I mean, you're not waking up. me up. I don't care. My mama said that same thing. I don't care. Do not put me in the ground. Thank you. Y'all can split me up if you want to. Somebody can put me in a necklace. Somebody can put me in a vase. Like, whatever y'all gonna do, just do not. That's my request, okay? And if y'all don't do it, I'm coming to fuck y'all up. All right. Well, when Ernest and Helen, sorry, when Ernest and Madeline finally see Helen, they are shook, okay? Helen whipped out her revenge body and dress. Now, Madeline, she wants to leave the party immediately. And Ernest is like, yeah, no, I want a piece of that. So we stay young. Helen and Madeline proceed to catch up. And Helen lets it be known that she has never blamed her for marrying Ernest because he willingly went to her. But we all know that this is a lie. Later in the party, Madeline sees Helen and Ernest sneaking off. Ernest reveals he isn't happy and would sell his soul to be able to operate again. In turn, Helen comforts him and puts all the blame on Madeline, telling him she never blamed him for leaving her and that she will never forgive him. Well, that she would never forgive Madeline for what she's done to him, which is crazy to me. Your nigga ran into her open legs and you don't blame him? I just, Helen had been plotting for years. 
at this point, you know, as we can see. And I just feel like she was just carefully planting her seed. She had to just put the bugs where she needed them to go. But I'm just like, Ernest, you a special kind of dumb. Right. But it's okay. It's all right. And then shit, he was about to walk away from Alan as soon as he seen Helen new body. He is easily as brave. soon as and I, I think part of this movie is I wonder. Okay. <clears throat> For me, I feel like between the girls, they don't really even care about Ernest. Like Ernest obviously is just like a horn dog of a male, just like swayed by the puss. But the females, I feel like they're more interested in each other than Ernest. Yeah, it's about one-upping each other. Right. That's it. That's all. And you know that's it and that's all. Because whole time, Madeline been cheating on this nigga. For God knows how long. After the book party, she sneaks out to go canoodle with her younger lover. But he's actually in the middle of canoodling with a woman his own age. And this makes Madeline sad. But what made me mad was that she was actually willing to turn around quietly and leave because she was hurt and rejected. But then the dude decides to lash out on her. Like, I mean, I think it was because she walked off on them, like walked off with it. You know me, you know how me and do, and I'm not defending them, but you know how they do. Like you're supposed to, in their heads, you're supposed to just walk away with your head. Okay, I'll come back next time. No, we no, no, nigga, fuck you. And Dakota, he just, girl, you ain't need him anyway. Right. If I have some other, I'm he telling ins- you. He insulted her. And as he gave his last insult, it started to rain <laughs> sideways, the worst type of rain. So now she's swerving on both sides of the road, crying and shit, and almost causing an accident when she looks at herself in the mirror and see how crazy she looks and slams and breaks. Obsessed with her image, she dumps out her purse to fix herself and finds the ripped up business card. My like, so, girl, you don't even look bad. She doesn't. Like, what's, what's, girl, girl, I could show you some girls that's down bad. Okay. No tea. Okay. Madeline shows up to Liesl's creepy mansion. After taking a while, Liesl reveals, whoa, after talking a while, Liesl reveals that she is 71, but whole time she looks like she's in her 30s. Liesl gives I'm credit sorry. to the potion that she offers Madeline. I'm sorry. When <laughs> Liesl was like, guess how old I am? And she was like, uh, 38. And Liesl was like, oh, bitch. <laughs> but <laughs> it's funny because the actress that plays her was 39 at the time. But she was just like, now hold up, bitch. <laughs> Who looked 38? I was like, well, damn, you think she looked 38? I wasn't going to give her 38. Yeah, I would have gave her, her like, you know, she's like, oh, 28. No, maybe. Okay. <laughs> Liesl gives credit to the potion that she offers Madeline. It stops the aging process in its tracks. Drink it and you'll never grow one day older. After asking how much, Madeline was like, yeah, nah, I'm out. But then Liesl grabbed Madeline's hand, stabbed her finger, and then placed a drop of the potion onto the wound. Madeline's hand instantly reverted to a more youthful hand and asked if she'll take a check. But there's some rules to this potion. She got to keep it a secret. She can only keep her career for 10 years. But after that, she has to disappear from public view forever before people get suspicious. After she drinks it, Lisa warns Madeline that she has to take care of her body 
as she pins her with this special exclusive pin. Whole time, if you're paying attention, the pin is the same pin that Helen had on her dress at the book party. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised that she didn't realize it then, but she probably wasn't like, I don't think it was a lot going on, yeah. you know. She was she was shook that Helen just came back on everybody's head the way she did, but... Mm. Before Madeline leaves the mansion, she is transformed. Meanwhile, Helen is in her vanity working on how she's going to act just like Madeline when she shows up at the house to see her. Whole time, her vanity is filled with pictures of Madeline and Ernest. It's like a makeshift revenge shrine. She leaves to go show up at Ernest's doorstep to seduce him and convince him to kill Madeline. After a little seduction and guilt tripping, Helen goes on to explain her elaborate murderous plan to keep Ernest from losing all his money in a divorce. divorce. Ernest is slow. He's so slow. I need to speak to Madeline right now. I was like, girl, get that's a cute umbrella, but get your ass off my front porch. <laughs> <laughs> She's not here. He looks well, so lost at the well, at the front door. And she was like trying to seduce him. And he just looks so lost. Like, what? what <laughs> like, sir. Okay, so I know that we said we was just gonna keep it black with this recast and all of that, you know. But one person I know will fuck this road all the way up is RDJ. Robert Downey Jr. Oh, I was like, who? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Robert Downey Jr. will crush this. He He would eat this all the way up. It would be so adorable doing it. Like, he's perfect age to do so well yeah perfect age to do so like he could do this i would let him do it with the black cast he would be the exception even though we got tons of black men that could do this right in the 40s like will smith could do it his goofy ass um uh, they gotta be that's the thing they gotta be up there so it I can't be no michael b's i mean he wouldn't be my first choice i'm just naming people that's around that age i don't know I feel like there are probably people yelling names at us right now. Like, cause my thing is like Wesley, Wesley Snipes can sit his little butt down as much as I love him. He can sit down. Um, Denzel, it's like, I don't know Denzel. I don't know if I want you for this. I don't think so. Martin? Martin? Jamie? No. Jamie, ja- if yes. Jamie. Jamie, can Jamie can Jamie can pull off a nerdy type mm-hmm. of clueless person. Jamie could do it. Um, I'm trying to think who else is around the. 40s. He looked good in Spider Man. Okay. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, unless you apologize to them, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought I was giving you a spoiler because I know you hadn't seen it. I'm like, I don't care. Um. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm not sure. Survivors, if y'all know some people, I know we don't went on a little tangent, but if you know some brothers, I know it's just like I can't think of any, but the rule is, guys, they cannot, like, it can't be like Angela's husband. Who? Who? Angela? Yeah, Angela Bassett, her husband. Oh, oh my Angela. (laughs) I can't think of his name. I don't know. For some reason, unless you say Angela Bassett, if you say Angela, 
I'm going to automatically be like sleepaway camp. <laughs> Angela. Okay, but survivors, yes, back to the topic. If y'all know some people y'all will want to see in like a people of color, death becomes her, let us know. Like hit us up on our IG, take us out to dinner. Okay, let me stop playing. Get back to it. <laughs> Madeline returns home as Helen sneaks out. She changes her clothes to go out and flaunt her new body, but an argument with Ernest ensues. We find out that Madeline hasn't been working for a long time now and she owes him so much money. As soon as she's about to walk down the steps, he calls her a cheap, tacky little tramp and this sets her over the edge to start debasing him. But this only pisses Ernest off and he legit almost choked her to death over top of the staircase. He decides to not actually choke her, but now she's about to fall. And instead of helping her, he pokes her and she tumbles down the steps, breaking her neck as she falls and landing at the bottom like a mangled mannequin. She fell for fucking ever. She did. But you know what's so funny? Flaccid! <laughs> Maybe I can just go get one down at the morgue. At least I know I'll be getting a stiff one in there. I said, oh, girl, you are pushing right. it. Right. You really are pushing it. Like, you. Come on, you wimp. I'm like, girl, <laughs> you just. You are the one dangling. Be nice <laughs> for two seconds. But also, girl, spoiler alert for Chucky. If y'all have still not seen it somehow. When she fell down the stairs, I was like, oh, not the Chucky kill. <laughs> <laughs> and it, obviously this came first and it was funny because i saw a meme i didn't know it was from this movie until i seen it happen and i was like oh that's what people were talking about uh. but also she hit the splits i don't know how the fuck she was in that split because her leg was like it was mm. That was more mm. than a split. I don't know what that was. It looked it like was a mang- an over split. A pile of limbs. Instead of calling 911, Ernest calls Helen to let her know he killed Madeline. And Helen is not impressed because he ruined the plan after they went over it three times. While Ernest is on the phone with Helen going over their new plan, Madeline gets up with her head on backwards and is pissed that Ernest pitched her down the stairs. And Ernest freaks out because he knows she's dead and her head is on backwards. After fixing her own head, Madeline asks to be taken to a doctor. This whole scene with Madeline walking backwards, what type of malignant shit was this? That's all I was like, Gabriel, is that you? Is this your cousin? Like, what's happening? Is this who you descended from? Okay, got it. But. I still haven't seen that movie, so I don't know. Oh, well, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) When they arrive at the hospital, the doctor realizes that she is dead after not detecting a heartbeat, having a temperature below 80 degrees and seeing her broken neck. He takes a swig of Ernest's flask, pops some pills, and leaves the room to get a second opinion and never comes back. Ernest realizes that the doctor is right. She is dead and leaves the room to get more help. And Madeline passes out right before he leaves out the room. While he's running around the hospital, he sees that the doctor who was just in the room with him is now going through cardiac failure. (laughs) This whole scene was killing me, first of all. The way 
that the doctor is just like, because here's the thing, Madeline and Ernest, obviously, they're just like, yeah, obviously something's wrong. Madeline's just like, yeah, I mean, this doesn't hurt. Obviously, I don't feel any of this. The doctor's just like, now what the? <laughs> he threw away the stethoscope. He said, now hold the fuck up. Now wait a minute. I have not been in school this goddamn long for this shit to be happening. Like, Ernest goes back into the room and finds out that Madeline has been pronounced dead officially and taken to the morgue. He rescues her and considers her lack of death a miracle. He takes her home to repair her body. Meanwhile, Helen is serving looks while spying on them and almost gets run over in the process. The nurse that tells Ernest that Madeline is in the morgue, I don't think you've seen the movie yet, but she's Patty from Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, Pointy Titties. I have not seen that movie. Yeah, you know, I love that movie. It's a real good time. You should get into it before they snatch it off streaming services. I just seen some Elvira merch go across my timeline today. Because she is hot and will be hot. Helen breaks into the house while Ernest is repairing Madeline's body. Helen loudly reveals that they planned on killing Madeline together and is pissed that Ernest is hiding the body and continues to ruin the plan. Overhearing this, Madeline decides to make her grand appearance. Helen stands there in disbelief while Madeline grabs a shotgun and blasts a hole in Helen's stomach. Ernest proceeds to freak out and Madeline is more than happy that Helen is dead. As they plan to clean up Helen's body, Helen rises from the water, which freaks the both of them out. But as Helen complains, Madeline realizes that Helen took the potion as well and slams her on the book being a load of shit. You're a walking lie and I can see right through you. When she bent <laughs> over, I said, girl, this whole scene is hilarious. <laughs> Just Madeline came down with the Thule on sight this mm-hmm. she did not give helen a chance she just came down caught the gun bah, right through you the way she flew back and landed <laughs> in that water i was out <laughs> Mad? Hell. i couldn't take this shovel fight and it's it's so crazy because you know how we always talk about men having swords fights yep this is basically what this was. Yep. We are smacking our dicks together. How about that? Um. <laughs> so in the middle of the shovel fight, Ernest is just over it, right? And he goes upstairs because he's stressed out. But did you know that Meryl accidentally cut Goldie's face? Yeah. <laughs> that poor girl. She still got a scar. Poor thing. I just... <laughs> When she popped her in the head and her head just went down. I was like, I what type of space gym? <laughs> I am not talking to you until you put your head on straight. <laughs> and then when she threw, like when she breaks her shovel head and then she throws it through her and she's like, oh, shit. Because <laughs> it was like, it was a nice throw. Right? <laughs> that's not what we wanted to do. We wasn't. No. That's not what we was trying to aim for. Last thing I'll say is I love 
what they do with um, Helen's. I am trying so hard not to call them Meryl and Goaty. So throughout this run of the show, if you hear me like pausing before I say one of their names, that's why, because I'm trying really hard not to say Meryl and Goaty. But anyway, I love what they did with Helen's eyes. And I like as an actress that she even makes her eyes bigger to make that. You already know blue eyes fucking freak me out. They gave her the ice blue context. And Mm -hmm. I was just like, oh, yeah, no, 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 no. Like, ooh. But then throughout the movie, their eyes start changing, too. Like, they start turning into, like, a bluish purple. It's weird. It's cute. But it's, like, kind of weird. Yeah, to signify that they diet and their body is decaying. The two finally stop fighting and reconcile, revealing that the whole reason Madeline stole all of Helen's boyfriends was because Helen and her friends used to exclude Madeline and talk shit about her behind her back. But at this point, Ernest is fed up with their shit and only agrees to repair their bodies if they agree to never contact him again. But the next morning, the girls realize that they still need him for ongoing maintenance. So they decide to poison him and take him to Liesel so that he can take the potion as well and live forever with them. Ultimately, he doesn't drink the drink, so they got to knock him out. Yep. <laughs> Did you see that Louis in case? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, he really do got some money. Now, hold up, because that was a big suitcase. Um. <laughs> I was, you know, I was just wondering. No, I'm just playing. Anyway. Oh, my gosh. And that's exactly how Madeline got him. You're a surgeon. Of course, this will be the one time he don't drink the drink. Just spilling it everywhere. (laughs) Ernest wakes up from his forced nap in the pool room at Liesl's mansion. Liesl tries to convince him to take the potion in the same way that she did Madeline, but Ernest realizes that he doesn't want to live forever. So he snatches that bitch and runs. He always felt funny. <laughs> the bodyguards literally controlling each light as she walks and gives her speech. I just everything about Lisa is a vibe. The whole intro to Lisa, I mean Lisa, the whole intro to Lisa when we first meet her was fire. And every time she pops up on the screen, it's just like. This is what I need. As a Libra that needs aesthetic, this is it. Yo, it was so funny because her body double, I was obsessed with the past year and a half. So in in 2020, in the height of quarantine, I found this show and movies called The Good Witch. It's Lifetime Mm. Movies, Lifetime Show. And I watched The Good Witch up until last year when it was canceled. And Catherine Bell, the main character, was Liesl's body double for her new scene. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, amazing. But I also thought it was funny because she was like, Dick, Tom, Harry. That was funny. <laughs> Ernest escapes into the party where he bumps into Marilyn Monroe and Andy Warhol and some other famous people. The girls see Ernest in the middle of the party and realize he didn't take the potion. They go after him, but he escapes in the elevator as soon as the room is being sealed. On the next level, Ernest gets chased onto the roof by their Doberman guard dogs. Ernest then tries to shimmy across the roof to escape, but the girls show up and startle him, causing him to fall and get caught on the drain pipe, hanging by his suspenders. (laughs) You're hanging by your suspenders, suspended over the ground. I like how this flips and it's more of him being like the damsel in distress versus like it being the woman. You know, usually they got us being like the little, he's on his himbo, basically. His what? 
His himbo. What is that? You never heard of a himbo? No. Derek from Scream 2 is a himbo. It's a male bimbo. Oh. Jesus, wow. <laughs> I feel like this is the third time. <laughs> I've just been like, now, wait a minute. What? Okay. The girl tried to convince Ernest to take the potions. So if he falls to his death, he won't die. But he refuses to drink it and it drops on the ground. He then too falls to his death. But instead of actually dying, he crashes through the roof of the pool house and lands in the pool and escapes. Liesl tells the girls that they need to go get him back. But they fail and now they're peeling and can't go back to Liesl's. And of course, they're forced to rely on each other forever for companionship and mate. Jesus did all that for this. And that's the thing about, we didn't talk about, we talked about the rules. We didn't talk about these rules. I don't know if I would want to agree to that. 10 years, that's it. Yeah. Like that's, <laughs> that's no, no. Ten ten, literally of- 10 years goes like that. Okay. I feel like if they took it younger, then they would have had longer than 10 years. But because Madeline was already so old, she couldn't go more than 10 years without people being like, okay. But see, this also wants to make me ask, is this based on race? Because just like we said, all the women we've named previously look good at this age. Like, and I'm not questioning it. It is based like, on race. You look good. We would, su- we would thrive and they would have to go and. So that's what I'm saying. Like, will we go get more years? Just we would because get more we're years. black. Yeah. Wow, I like that privilege. We will get more years. We don't age like cheese. 37 years later, we're at Ernest's funeral. We find out that he remarried, had two sons and four daughters. He got a host of grandchildren and lived an adventurous and fulfilling life and helped a multitude of people along the way. The duo, our iconic duo, are in the back of the funeral being disruptive. AF. After they leave the funeral, we see that they are barely keeping it together. Literally. They're all cracked and peeling, got a whole hardware store in their purse. At the top of the stairs outside of the church, they start arguing, and Helen trips over the can of lost spray paint that they were just arguing about. Madeline hesitates to help her just like Ernest did. So Helen grabs Madeline and the two tumble down the steps, breaking into pieces. And that is the end of the movie. I just like this whole funeral scene. First of all, y'all loud as hell. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on. Like, y'all just can't. I do like that they um, actually did age Bruce Willis for that one picture that's in the funeral. But also, Ernest is walking around with one young hand. So it's almost giving scary movie. This is my strong hand. This is my young hand. <laughs> That's weird. Cause it's cause I was thinking about that. Like, cause when she gives them a trial, we'll call it. She first of all, she stabbed the hell out of uh Madeline's finger. I was just like, girl, like, yeah. damn, I would have been pissed too. But when she does it and gives them their little trial, you know, she does it on her hand. But it's just like, now I'm just gonna have a young hand for ten years. So do I gotta like do this in my pictures? Like, had it. Had the old hand. Just say that you got reverse Benjamin Button and it only affects your hand. Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
when they lift up their veils at the funeral. I was just like, oof. I will want that potion, but I'm just like, there are more stipulations. I'm, mm. And the only reason why they look like that was because they actually died. Had they not died, right? they wouldn't look like that. Right. Because the body's decaying. So, and I wonder how bad they smoke. I didn't think about that. And it wasn't like anybody was reacting because I feel like that whole church would have stunk. Because when you saw that they broke, the inside of the black. That's disgusting. I personally love this movie. This is cute. Yeah, this movie wasn't what I thought it was going to be. And I mean, in a good way. I wasn't sure how much I was going to enjoy it just because of who was in it. I was just like, I just feel like this is going to be. I mean, it couldn't be bad because Meryl's in it. Everybody else, I can just be like, hmm, I can side eye you a little bit. But I just didn't know I was going to enjoy it the way I did. So we're safe for now. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Mm -hmm. Death Becomes Her opened at number one at the box office with 12 million on the same weekend as Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Bebe's Kids. I know. I wanted to bring that up, but I forgot about it earlier. But that is, first of all. (laughs) <laughs> you know how many times I've seen Bebe's kids like I watch that shit multiple times a year <laughs> I think I've only seen the ones I barely remember it oh no we have to fix that no, <laughs> no. ratings this movie had an estimated budget at 55 mil and it grossed at 149 mil it's a 6.6 out of 10 on IMDb a 54% on Rotten Tomatoes a 4.3 out of 5 on Voodoo, and 89% of Google users liked this movie. Ashley, what is your rating? I feel like I'm going to get booed, but it's okay. It's nothing wrong with this movie at all. I really did enjoy it. I do wish we could have leaned more into the horror, but obviously that wasn't going to happen. But it's, it's fine for what it is. There's nothing wrong with it. So I'm bouncing in between two scores. And I think I'm going to go ahead and give it a 75. So 75 tickets. I gave it 80 tickets. Woo! I was in between 75 and 80. But I think I would have gave it the 80 if it gave me more gore. Just a little bit. What was this movie rated? I have no idea. I wouldn't be surprised if we got an R because this is post-Gremlins. So we had PG-13, but also wouldn't be surprised if it was PG-13. I don't think it was PG-13. Well, are you ready to uh, head on out to the souvenir shop? We sure can. Thanks for riding. Before you go, take a detour into the souvenir shop. I got a souvenir. It's the potion. But obviously, it'll just be like a refreshing drink. It, it's not going to be It's just, you know, it's just a very beautiful purple pink color. And it just gives you a little energy, you know. That's all. Or, or you can make it a really, really, you can make it like a pressed juice. It's not going to be that pretty pink color. It's probably just going to be purple because of the berries. But, you know, that's fine. I want that potion. 
<laughs> but the stipulations, it would be like, I would need like, like a leader and then I would take it like every two years. So with that ad, nope, that wouldn't work that way. You know what? Leave it alone. It's all right. <laughs> I don't want to live forever. I don't want to. It's like, I don't want to live forever. I just want to have insurance that I can at least push 90. And then I'll be like, all right, I've seen what I need to see here. But then at that point, you just stuck. Um, no, it be some people moving. Don't put that on me. No, people be moving. Okay, that's why I make sure my ass stretch. No, I mean, like, as far as not that type of stuck. I'm like, when you're like, okay, I'm ready to go now. How? How are you going to go? Can't die. I just said, I don't want to live forever. I just said, I want insurance that I can make it to a certain length. That's all I need. Okay. Yeah. I don't gotta I don't gotta be in this bitch forever because then they're gonna be trying to like experiment on me and shit and try to figure it out and be like it's God's plan. I don't know. All right. Park announcements. That is two out of four for our February theme return of the set. If you wanna get into what we'll be covering for our next two episodes, make sure you hit us up on D180 Podcast on IG, Twitter, TikTok. If you want extra bonus content, hit us up on our Patreon at Destination 180 Podcast next week. Ooh, I did not think we would get to this movie so early in our run with a podcast, but next week we are covering Stephen King's Pet Cemetery. All right, y'all. We're doing the first one, not the remake. Do not watch the remake and buy your tickets to the park and think we're about to be talking about that. We might mention it, but we're not about to be talking about it. So we are watching the 1989 version with Miko Hughes and Denise Crosby and Dale Mia Kiff. We'll get there when we get there. All right, y'all. We'll see y'all when we see ya. Bye. I'll see you soon.